Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Some prominent billionaires are recently making headlines regarding the economy. Jeff Bezos just warned people not to buy big ticket items if they're not needed. Yes, the father of retail himself, Jeff Bezos, is warning folks not to buy such things like cars, refrigerators, TVs, etc. Even as this year's holiday sales are projected to be $960 billion in the U.S. alone. Is this something we need to be worried about? Or is this some hyperbole from the uber-rich? That's what we hope to find out on today's episode. You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So we have Jeff Bezos warning us not to spend all our savings on big-ticket Christmas items, presumably because he sees a recession on the horizon. This time of year is always funny. I don't know what advertising is like in Australia per se, but in the States we have like literally this is the most prevalent time for car dealer uh, commercials. And it's just crazy. The expensive cars that people are advertising, like there's this Lexus SUV that is being shown and like the husband buys the car for his wife and it's a total surprise. And it's like, who are these people advertising to? Like who surprises their wife with a $200,000 car for Christmas? Even if I had the means to do that, my wife would be like, yeah, I don't like that color. (laughs) Take that thing back. And as far as I know, they don't really love taking cars back. So maybe Jeff Bezos is warning those people, hey, don't buy your wife a $200,000 car if you can't afford it. Okay, but really, what's he doing? Jeff Bezos ignoring the car ads for $200,000 cars. I think he is saying the recession's on the horizon. And it's a sad or funny way, depending on what you look at it, is that Even though Jeff Bezos looks like Dr. Evil himself, a la the Austin Powers movies, does he actually care about you and me? Like, my mind can't comprehend that Jeff Bezos would care about that. Perhaps he just knows retail spending habits better than we retail spenders know ourselves. See, Jeff is a man of knowledge, and he knows the average American saves way less than the average Australian. Americans, on average, have $4,000 in savings. And that's on average. That means that's including the people that can afford the $200,000 Lexus surprise car for Christmas and the people on the other side. So probably the average American is like $1,200 in savings, where the average Australian has saved apparently $24,000 in their savings account for a rainy day fund. So maybe Jeff is worried more about me. He's worried that I'm going to buy an expensive TV on Amazon, and when the recession hits in a few months, I'm going to have to return that TV back to Amazon, and he doesn't want to deal with that headache. Perhaps that's what our good Dr. Scrooge Bezos is worried about at Christmas time. But we have more than just Jeff Bezos setting warnings this past few weeks. Hedge fund manager Michael Burry made famous by his huge bet against the U.S. housing market in 2008, and then the preceding film about that called The Big Short. Great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Well, Burry tweeted recently that you have no idea how short I am. 
and he's not talking about his height. He's talking about how short he is on the stocks. Most stock markets have been rallying in early November because we saw a drop in CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, and PPI, which is the Producer Price Index. Quick side note, let's explain those two. The PPI measures the change in selling prices received by domestic vendors and represents the cost of producing goods, while the CPI measures the change in prices consumers pay for everyday items. Basically, they're the same thing, but one's from producer side, one's from the consumer side. Both are inflationary indicators here, and they're watched very closely, even though they're United States indicators, they're watched very closely by markets all around the globe. Two low numbers on these recent readings from CPI and PPI have caused a short-term bear market rally because investors are beginning to have some hope and an expectation that the United States Fed is going to go soft on December's rate hikes. But to me, and everything that I'm looking at, we're clearly in false hope territory. This is a classic bear market rally. I do not think we've hit the bottom at all. Recently, actually, some Fed presidents, I think there's 12, 7, maybe I shouldn't ad-lib online. Oh, well, let's keep going. Recently, some of the other Fed presidents are talking about, in fact, no indications of a slowing rate hike in December. President James Bullard said a few weeks ago to expect a higher inflation number coming soon, now saying the Fed rate can go as high as 7%. And this is called the terminal rate, or the rate at which, in which the Fed would actually stop hiking. He thinks that we need to get up to 7%. And that is much higher than expected. Even if the Fed pivots, which I don't think is expected, but even if the Fed pivots... We need to pay attention and look at what actually happens after the Fed pivots, because it's not exactly the rosy picture that everyone is having all this hope and optimism for. When the Fed actually pivots, some things happen when you look at historical numbers and you look back at the charts, that it's not actually that great of an idea. Yes, we will see an initial surge, but then let's look at the next 12 months after that. We're going to look at that shortly. Okay, so following in the footsteps of some investors I follow online, I looked up a chart from this website called ChartStorm, and it goes over the last few tightening cycles from the Fed and what actually happened afterwards. It shows that each time the Fed had accelerated rate hikes and the times when the Fed had decelerated rate hikes, also known as monetary tightening and monetary easing. We are now entering this green territory on the chart, and it shows the possible decelerated periods. And it goes back, we have had now four back-to-back 75 basis point hikes here in the States. So we're now entering this green period thinking that we're going to slow down and not have a 75, but maybe just a 50-point basis hike. This doesn't mean that the Fed is going to stop, but entering this green zone means we are probably have done most of the front-end loading of the rate hikes, and we're going to slow down a little bit. But keep in mind, there is a delayed effect with Fed rate hikes and how it takes a long time for those hikes to hit the main street economy. And this chart shows that for 12 months after the Fed pivots, which again, that's what we're looking for, when the Fed actually pivots and says we're going to stop rate hiking or we're actually going to cut rates, you know, for the next couple of weeks, the market's going to just shoot off into the stratosphere. All the crypto memes and the moon boys will be posting everything online. But you need to think about it. Again, it's a forward indicator. So after they pivot, we're still in a little bit of trouble for the short term. You see, earnings per share across all markets are going to drop significantly. Why? Because they have every other time the Fed has pivot. The Fed doesn't stop hiking rates until those effects have actually hit the main street economy. That's you and me. As in unemployment needs to go up. Mortgages have to go up. Consumer debt has to go up and be more expensive. And stock evaluations have to go down. And once all those things actually happen, then companies' earnings begin to go down. 
in Q4 of 2022 earnings season, what we're in right now, we're seeing these results coming out from what their earnings were in quarter three. They're now telling us here quarter four. Some companies' earnings have fallen, but certainly not enough, in my opinion at least, and the people that I follow, for the Fed to fully pivot just yet. We are really just starting to scratch the surface of the pain that most retail folks need to feel. So I think we are in tune for more rate hikes to come. And guess what drives a majority of stock prices to go down? If you listen to this podcast, you probably know it's earnings, earnings, earnings. The company's underlying earnings need to go down. And when those companies' earnings go down, and if you look back at the chart, you should expect for them to go down for the next 12 months after the Fed finally pivots. So what can we expect? When earnings go down, the stock price is going to go down. We naturally need to expect the earnings fall, the stock price is going to fall. And this is the result of something investors call earnings compression. When outside factors have negative results on a company's quarterly earnings. You see, right now, markets are continuing to navigate a difficult environment where interest rates are rising and earnings are starting to slow. And according to the website FactSet, Wall Street analysts have cut their earnings outlook for the S&P 500 by $34 billion in the past three months. And they now expect just a 2.4% earnings per share growth for Q4 2022. 2.4%. They were estimating 9.8%. That's a big chunk. You're looking at 7.4% cut of what they're expecting in earnings for companies to go up. This marks the lowest earnings growth since 2020 during COVID lockdown. Not exactly a great indicator, but at least it's good if the Fed wants to cause pain. Guess what? You're doing it, Fed. Good job. The interesting thing here is that while the S&P 500 valuation have adjusted lower, the 5- and 10-year earnings estimates haven't seen any change at all. The Fed is doing everything in its power to tame future inflation pain, and they're not really getting it done. For some reason, there's too much hope in the stock market right now. So again, I think the Fed will continue to raise rates, and we're going to continue to see huge volatile swings in the stock market in between all of these Fed hikes. You see, corporate earnings are now in question as companies are feeling the pain, and analysts are just starting to adjust their expectations. Give you a few examples. Recently, Advanced Micro Decisions, stock symbol AMD. If you have a laptop, you probably either have an Intel chip or an AMD chip. That's kind of all we got here. Well, they reported disappointing Q3 revenues because PC-related sales dropped 40% year over year. Apple, ticker AAPL, you probably know about them. It's the largest name in big tech to attract skepticism recently. Its earning estimates were not very good. And Bank of America recently downgraded Apple on lower demand outlook. Dun, dun, dun. Not too long ago, looking at consumer stuff, Nike, if you got the swoosh on your foot, you know who I'm talking about, ticker symbol NKE. They reported mixed August quarterly results with muted top line growth. And Amazon, let's talk about Jeff again. Ticker symbol AMZ is running a second, that's right, a second Prime Day. And Walmart is trying to counter with its own second little Walmart day. People, companies are beginning to look a little desperate. They're doing all that they can to drive growth as much as possible. And when their earnings don't go up, they're going to find some excuses and somebody to blame. And the finger is going to be pointed squarely at the United States Federal Reserve. Yes, once the Fed's all around the globe, not just the U.S., once they finally do pivot and they announce they're going to be slowing quantitative tightening, the market will have a huge move up. But as Michael Burry and some other famous hedge fund managers are saying, 
that is going to be a short-term push. And then many retail traders like you and me will rush back into the market. It'll be going good for a few months. We're going to think that we're the best investors in the whole world. But then history is going to catch up with us. Because for 12 months after a Fed pivot, we have felt pain and we have seen stock markets fall. So be careful out there. Don't rush into short-term bear markets. And if you do, just maybe be quick and be tactical. Take some profits, pull it off the table, and wait for that eventual fall. Because every single time historically, we have seen it fall. If you're talking long-term money and you're doing dollar-cost averaging, don't worry about it. Keep it going. Keep everything consistent. But if you are trying to be a retail investor, retail trader, do not distrust this quick bear market you're going to see once a Fed actually pivots, which I don't expect in December. I think we're going to be feeling a little bit of pain for a little bit of while. So let's plan our short-term investing strategy now so we can be ready. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And then after the break, I'm going to come back with one more warning. I know I'm a little doomsdayer today. One more warning. But then I'm going to give you some analysis of what we've talked about and then what I'm doing to protect my portfolio in the next couple of years. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, welcome back. All right, one more interesting chart I want to talk about that I found from a website, Real Investment Advice. This shows what happens to the S&P 500 after a U.S. Fed pivot. And I know I've already kind of ruined it and already said it goes down, but <laughs> hey, I'm going to talk about it again anyway. The S&P historically has, and quote me on this, tanked in the short term after a pivot. That is because the rate hikes and tightening cycles have not taken place yet in the true economy. The Fed is not going to pivot until these hikes have done their job and hit us Main Street people. The Fed is not going to pivot until these hikes have hit the Main Street economy, until they've done their job. Not just the stock market, but the main street economy. Because the U.S. Fed believes its consumer spending is what's rising inflation. So they need to control inflation, so therefore they think they need to control our spending. So when I put these charts together, I'm gleaning that we still have a long time to go before markets turn fully bullish again. And that is why Michael Burry and that is why Jeff Bezos are warning us to pay attention and not rush into bear market rallies with all of our sideline capital. Take your time. Be diligent. If you're making short-term investments, you know, between three and five years, you need to stay tactical with your money in the coming year. I, myself, am sticking to covered calls, that is, selling options on long-term investments that I already have, and cash-secured puts for cash that I have on the sidelines that I don't want to fully invest in the market. I'm going to be doing two future episodes pretty soon on how I make money in all markets. 
I'm going to show you how this year, in the midst of a down market, using cash-secured puts and covered calls, I'm actually up positive 17%, while most markets, according to today's recording, are down 17%. So yes, I am sitting at my desk, patting myself on the back. I'm excited to share some of these strategies with you guys in the very near future. But that is it for today's episode. So keep learning, stay positive, and when needed, zoom out. Because investing is always better than just savings. This has been another episode of My Millennial Investor, the podcast where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license.